there's just enough chill in the air, some dust, and some diesel exhaust, but I love it because it means it's harvest time. The bins are all cleaned out, or at least they should be. The service techs are all highly caffeinated, and it's time to get to it. And we're coming along for the ride. Welcome to the Harvest Trail Podcast, where we're going to meet up with the heroes of the harvest and tell their stories in hopes that when we're done, we're all a little smarter. And now to the show. Okay, welcome back to the Harvest Trail Podcast. We are joined by Bryce. Bryce, I'm going to make an attempt on your name. Ebel? Ebel. Ebel. I was close. I was close. Bryce Ebel. Bryce, where are you at right now? Well, I'm currently uh, picking corn right now. Uh, we are just northwest of Fall City, uh, north of a little town called Salem, Nebraska. Fantastic. So you, you got to get the combine, and somebody else gets to do the cart and the truck, huh? That's right. That's, That's fantastic. Right. Hired man in the cart, and uh, my dad is actually in the truck. So. so dad didn't fight you for the combine, huh? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he did and lost. <laughs> he lost. He lost. We had an arm wrestling competition. He lost. Well, you know what? To the to the victor goes the spoils. <laughs> so you're pulling corn. Am I right in assuming that you're done with your beans? Yes. Really? We finished up with beans last week. It is a weird climate situation where you're at this year. It kind of they kind of just turned off the water in the middle of the summer. What has that done? What is, what was it for you? And what has it done to the? Uh, what are you seeing now in terms of yield and field condition? Um, so yeah, uh, besides farming, I also work as a, as an agronomist, um, for a, uh, DeKalb Asgro retailer out of Fall City. So not only and do so you right hate of, what's going on as a farmer, but you can also explain how it's ruining the yield on a biological level. <laughs> yeah, right. Correct. So, so back when, uh, I think July 17th was about when the rain really shut off, um, and we were full tassel, full pollination, um, about a week before that. So we still had decent moisture through all of pollination. Um, it was just during that critical grain filling period is when the water shut off. Yeah. Uh, temperatures, luckily at night, we're still getting, we were still getting below, like down into the 70s at night. So that really saved us down here. Um, you talk to some guys out west, you know, they were fighting temperatures in the 80s to 80 degrees at night, um, so they just weren't cooling off at all. So we're in a nice little pocket down here where our yields are, are uh, I'd say, probably around average. Yeah. Um, but we were, you know, right around that pollination time, we were looking at probably a bumper crop um, until the rain shut off. Uh, uh, you know, you, and you can't go back to your seed supplier and ask for some money back because you work there. <laughs> You're right. You know, I thought I was going to get this yield. Where's my, where's my, where's my refund? But you can't, you know, you yeah. can't help it with the rain. I mean, that's going to, that yeah. is what it is. I, I mean, really, I mean, as a, as a seed guy, I think it's really just a testament to some of these genetics and these crops, you know, the yields that we still are pulling with that lack of moisture during grain fill, I mean, it's just really phenomenal. I mean, you you're going to hover around average, even though the water just stopped, and that's uh, that wouldn't happen yep. ten years yep. ago, five years ago. Right, right. 
so we've we've strung together a few good years here. Um, uh, but yeah, it's uh, I think it's just a testament to the, these hybrids and these varieties of the beans. That it's uh, you look at these plants and it's like, wow, where's the yield coming from? I mean, some of these plants they kind of look like they look like dogs, <laughs> but the ears the ears there. So well, the, um, the scientists or, or, know or where they want to concentrate. You know, they they know exactly yep. where to concentrate the uh, the plant's activity and where not to. Right now, tell me what combine you're in today. Uh, today, I'm actually in a Massey Ferguson combine. Uh, it's a 95-45. Very nice. I know. I know uh, your dealer loves selling those and loves servicing those. That is uh, that that combine can be a real workhorse. Um, set up the right way and put in the right condition. Yep. Yep. So far, it's treated us well this year. Uh, knock on wood. We will probably be done wrapped up with corn here in about a week, but uh, everything's held together and. Uh, no major breakdowns, you know, maybe just an hour fix here and there, uh, with just parts, wear parts mainly is what's gone this year, but, uh, no, hardly any downtime. We've kept the wheels turning, which is That's good. excellent. What's the hired man driving around in? Uh, he is in an 8730 Massey Ferguson tractor and he's pulling a Brent, uh, 1082 cart. Is he making, uh, is he, is he? Keeping you from having to stop? Yes. Because yep. that's the goal, uh, right? We're actually, we're actually stopped right now. The corn is corn's pretty decent, and uh, we're just far enough away from the elevator that uh, the, the turnaround time, we're kind of bottlenecked uh, right now. So, yeah. but, but that's all right. It, it gives me perfect time to talk to you. Do you store any on farm, or does everything go to the elevator, or where, where, do, you, where do you take it? Uh, we do store some on farm, um, and most of the time, the stuff we store on farm actually goes. Uh, we'll, we'll walk it off the farm through our cattle. Yeah, uh, we'll actually feed, feed, grind quite a bit of it, and feed to our cattle. Um, this year, we're not storing as much just because of the prices. Yeah, um, we had quite a bit contract and everything uh, for harvest delivery, fall delivery. So most all of it's going to the elevator, which is fine with me. Yeah, yeah. Now, how many cattle do you do you raise? Uh, we year. do a cow. We have a cow calf okay. operation, so we're uh, we usually try to stay over a hundred head of cow calf. That's excellent, and, and uh, I assume you work some manure in, though that's not going to be enough to really make the job happen. But uh, right. your, your nope. nutrients. What do you? What's your? Uh, what's your nutrient program? And you know, it's awesome to have an agronomist on here because you know that <laughs> I, I'm very interested to see. I'm very interested to see how you're doing that. What is your, uh, what's been your nutrient strategy this year? Um, so I preach, you know, uh, uh, soil sampling in the fall. Um, and so most of the time what we'll do is we'll, we'll, uh, soil sample our, all of our beans double, um, everything that's going to corn gets soil sampled. And then, uh, uh, all those results will come back from Midwest labs and I'll just try to build prescriptions off of that, um, Mainly zone sampling. We might do a little bit of grid sampling, um, not too much. Um, but uh, yeah, usually it's just a heavy load of phosphorus and uh, potash and uh, some sulfur as well. Um, those are usually the the limiting the limiting nutrients around here. Um, our pH sometimes can be funky too. We got some fields where the pH gets down to like five and a half. You know, so mm. we're Throwing a bunch of pelt lime, peltized lime at it, um, 
but yeah, not uh, not fighting too many high pH fields around here. You know, we're hearing from people on the uh, on the product side, also talking about having some luck with fungicide this year. Have you uh, have you done a fungicide program for the farm, or what's your uh, what's your take? Yeah, um, so we uh, at the retailer I work for, we ran quite a bit of Syngenta's Trivapro this year. We really like that product. Uh, it's kind of got the three 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 modes of action there. Yeah. Um, and then on farm, we actually ran quite a bit of uh, Delaro on our soybeans through from Bayer. We ground rigged, uh, ground sprayed all of our beans um, with a fungicide this year, and that really paid off. Uh, we didn't do any corn um, of our own, but we probably should have uh, just just since it turned off dry. Yeah, I think that really would have helped this plant health a little bit more. Um, but no, all the bean acres did get sprayed with a, with a fungicide this year. Now, you know, somebody who's consulting farmers about their their programs for uh, for nutrients and for crop protection and things like that in this in this current environment with a combination of good good grain prices, but also uh, uh, growing prices of the uh, crop additives. What do you uh, has has the has the prescription changed or the ways that farmers are integrating this into their programs? You know, how, is, how has that affected their planning in this year and in, in next year? I think, I think anymore, most of our customers and, and my dad and I, we look at it um, just as, another, as an input, really. You kind of bank on a fungicide, you know, whether you're going to do it over all your acres or like what we did where we just did our bean acres this year. I think it's just part of those. It's, it's just another input cost that you just kind of bank on every year anymore, the fungicide we've a lot of farmers around here have done enough testing, enough side-by-side comparisons um, that it's it's pretty much going to go. It's going to be in the tank every year now, uh, year after year. It pays. Well, I I know your dealer uh, pretty well, and he he is a planter fanatic and loves loves tinkering with everything on the planter. Have you have you put any uh, any fun little bells and whistles on your planter? Maybe a, a spoiler or some underlight. Uh, <laughs> what have you, uh, what have you been doing on your plate? You know, again, I'm always interested what an agronomist does with their own ground. What did you, uh, what'd you put the crop in with and, uh, what sort of fun little souped up additives do you have on there? Right. So, um, we actually upgraded a plant, our planter a couple years ago. So we got one of the new, uh, I can't think of them, the model number on it, but it's a 16 row. It's one of the VEs. Yep. Um, Massey Ferguson VE planters. It's the, it's all precision plantered out, you know. Um, the only thing we pretty much don't have on it is a liquid system, and we don't have speed tubes. Yeah. But uh, other than that, we, you know, we got the smart firmers on it, um, Delta Force. Um, so it's it's exactly what we need for for our for our acres, and uh, yeah, we can't we don't have many acres where you can go. Eight mile an hour, ten mile an hour, pulling a planter, anyways. Yeah. But, uh, but no, it works great. Singulation is fantastic on it. Um, I think our our crop, our stands, and everything have improved since we've traded off the older planter and went with this precision planter. So, well, you we know, like it a lot. The the smart farmer and Delta Downforce also give you a significant amount of data 
Have you been able to mm-hmm. use that data to integrate into your planning for, for the ground? Yeah, so I'm actually in the combine right now. I'm looking at my iPad, um, running climate field view. So the planner, the precision planner, you know, it's capturing all the data. Um, so I'm looking at the hybrid. I'm looking at population, target pop. I can look at applied downforce, and I can see, you know, it just correlates with the yield as I'm going through the field here. Um, the other nice thing I like about climate field view is I can pull up the hybrid planting map, and, you know, if I got a long terrace and a guest row, um, I can pinpoint where that guest row is so I don't have that row of shame at the very end of the field. <laughs> yeah, you know, you do a great job everywhere, and, and then that's out there. and <laughs> uh-uh, Look what you did. <laughs> so... um Characteristics of the crop this year from a harvesting standpoint. Do you see anything different? I mean, we've had years where we have soft cobs that break up. We have years where we have cobs that are hard to thresh. We have years where we have beans that um, that that don't shell out. What uh, what do you see? Are, are you know uneven ripening? What uh, what are your harvest conditions now? And and where do you think that where that came from? So. Um we have a lot of plants that have that have cannibalized themselves, and I, I mean that's really due to that lack of moisture. Um, so we do have some stalks that are just kind of starting to crimp yeah. at the very bottom of the plant and leaning over. I am having to run my snoots a little bit lower just to scoop those up. They all have ears on them, um, so I am doing a decent job of, of getting and picking them up and get them onto the corn head. Uh, another thing I've seen... Um, on some customers' acres and then some of our own acres is where we had some corn on corn. Um, I am I am seeing some fusarium here late, um, so the kernel quality is very poor. I would say yeah. um, we we have had a couple loads get docked, uh, not rejected, Goodness. but we have been docked at the elevator um, just due to that fusarium. Um, and this is you know where we didn't fungicide on our own acres. Yeah. We saw it, but I have seen customers' acres that were fungicided, and the fusarium is still in there. Really, um, but it's majority. It's I've just seen it on some corn on corn acres, and and I don't know if that has anything to do with the dry uh, dry conditions that we've had uh, or what it is. But and uh, it may have been yeah, just in smaller. Came in hard. May have been a smaller thing last year, and was able to take a hold this year with the, with the corn on corn. I think so. I, I think that inoculum in the soil is just kind of reared its ugly face here late. Yeah. So. so, so as you go into planning for next year, uh, anything new you're going to try any, any new difference, any, any difference in the, in the stuff that you're going to do? Um, what, do, what have you learned? So what are you going to try? Right. So this past year, um, planting conditions weren't, very conducive for corn early on. Normally, you know, we'll go out there and we'll plant corn first and then come back with beans, but the weather and temperatures and everything in the outlook just wasn't looking very good for corn, but we wanted to get the wheels turning, so we uh, we actually went in and slammed all of our beans in first um, and then came back with corn. Yeah. I think we'll do more of that again next year. I'm not saying we'll do all of our beans first like we did this year, but I do think we're going to go out there and plant some beans early. Um, we'll, we'll plant like a group two, probably like a two nine. We'll plant first, 
um, like that first week of April, we yeah. try to get fired up, and then uh, we'll come back and finish off with corn. Now, how are you going to handle um, your residue corn, this fall? What's that? How are you going to handle the residue fall and, and spring? Are you, I mean, I would imagine maybe in the beans, you're you're just going to plant straight into it, but in, where you have that heavy corn residue, what's your, uh, what's your strategy for, for managing it? Oh, good question. I mean, that's really been the big topic uh, here in Richardson County, uh, Nebraska, the past couple of years is just residue management. Um, we can fight. What we found is we can fight the stalks. Uh, we don't really have any issues planting through standing stalks yeah. um, with our be- with going in, going to beans, but it's the husks of the ear that we really fight. It's just kind of like the a really rubbery consistency. Yeah. And so, like our tra- our trash uh, whips on our planter, um, it just and our even our true V's just have a really hard time of of cutting through that, that type of residues, just those husks. Huh. Um, so one way to management, manage it is, and I know it's kind of a hot topic, a, a buzz, buzz word, but, uh, is some, you know, reduced till minimum tillage. Um, you know, some guys go out there with these quick tills, these turbo tills. Yeah. Um, I think that helps a lot. You don't want to get too deep. Um, I mean, we're talking moisture here. You lose a little bit of moisture the deeper you go. But I think just some type of mechanism to get out there and mulch some of the stuff up, um, like I said, those husks, if you can get them cut, cut and mulched up a little bit, that, that, will, that will really help. Something really sharp, really fast, and throws just enough dirt to pin it down. Correct. Yep. Well, now tell me this, is that over time, um, are you having to get down and crack root balls uh, and, and, and will... Your, your tillage program, will some of these faster discs, you know, will they reach down that far and get you a root ball and invert it? Uh, or is that not even an issue? Are they, you know, you're, you're, you've got your planter set up for your beans and you're not going to, uh, you're not, you're not going to be affected by it. Uh, what's, what's going mm-hmm. on with that? Are you getting decomposition of the root ball itself over time or do you need to get them up and flip them over? Right. Um, so we do fight some root balls with the tillage. I think where we can manage the root ball is try to get a little bit of pressure on those rolling baskets on the back that really try to chop you up on that, on that back rolling basket. You really need to chop that. If you are turning up any root balls, you really need something at the very back end of that, of that tillage machine to, to try to chop it real quick. Um, or else, yeah, you're going to be fighting the root balls. You're going to be moving them out of the way. But you're but you're going to be fighting them next spring, and then come next fall, you're going to be fighting them with your bean with your draper head too. Yeah. Well, you, you know it's a it's it's been a good season pricing wise for the most part, and you've got an inside track on buying nutrients. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. what is Mitch pushing you to buy at the end of the year? What is what does Mitch want you to buy? Lawn mowers, no, <laughs> a, tra- a Traeger. <laughs> He wants you to buy a Traeger for yeah. for all for each outbuilding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now, uh, I think probably one of our next purchases, I guess, would would probably be maybe a heavier horse uh, tractor. Yeah. Um, and maybe a little bit bigger uh, tillage tool. Uh, we have a sunflower uh, ver- uh, vertical tillage. Yep. Um, but uh, we just need a little heavier horse tractor, um, and then maybe a different a little 
bigger tillage tool. I don't know if it'd be a quick till, you know, a turbo till or what it would be, but uh, something just a little bit bigger um, for our operation. Has so. he tried to get you in, in one of his fence? Uh, I have sat in one, yeah. um, but I, I would like to run one. He needs to get his he needs to get his hands on one. Uh, uh, so he's can, he's so on it. One. He's on it. That is uh, he's on it. <laughs> that uh, when you get it, I mean, you, you you've sat in one. It's it's a different tractor experience. You know, you get in there and you pull that door, and it's like being in a luxury car. And uh, those new ones, and I'm I'm going outside of my depth here, but the new ones, if I understand it correctly, have little LCDs inside the button, you can set up the program. You can program the buttons to do what you want around how you do your organization. So I'm sure, uh, I'm sure if, if he hasn't had one over there yet, he'll be there with these, uh, with these fancy new tractors. They are, they are a tremendous amount of fun. Yep. Yep. And where we, we just have this 8730 tractor. I mean, it's on the grain cart now, but it's, it's pretty much our workhorse. It'll be hooked up to the planter. So we kind of need that second tractor with a tillage tool just in case we, you know, need to go out and do a little bit of tillage ahead of the planter in the spring. Um, that way we're not having to unhook and go back and forth. Uh, that's just kind of, it's, it just doesn't work logistically that way. So we kind of need, it'd be nice if you had a vent, you know, a tractor this spring to maybe demo and put some hours on. I'm sure he's going to listen to this show, so you can just assume that you let him know. <laughs> well, and you know, with you having livestock and all that sort of stuff, you know, you, you have a, an extraordinary demand of a tractor and you need it to be incredibly uh, capable and, uh, and to do a lot of different things. So I bet you'll have a great experience. You've got a great dealer. How long have you been working with, uh, with uh, MERS? Oh, as long as I can remember. Since since I was a little kid, so well they're a great crew Back, over uh, there. My grand, my late grandpa and my dad, they've been working with Bruce for forever, and uh, now uh, we've kind of transitioned into uh, working more with Mitch. And Bruce is still kind of behind the scenes there, but uh, nope, we uh, we really enjoy Mitch. He's easy to get a hold of, and all of his service guys there. We got all their cell phone numbers, so they're they're very personable, and they answer the phone right away. So that's that's what we like. Do they, have they ever come out to you in the ambulance yet? What's that? They're, have they come out to you in their service ambulance yet? No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> I wonder what you have to do to have the service ambulance come out. <laughs> well, it's probably, it's probably got to be running first to make it out. I, mean, I, I haven't seen that thing run yet. <laughs> I've only seen it sit there. Too. You know, that's a good point. I've, never, I've seen it sit there, and it, it looks like it's been washed, but I uh, haven't seen it run. <laughs> We'll have yep. to give him a hard time. Well, hey, have a fantastic conclusion to harvest and a very, very, very successful, very safe, and a, a wonderful balance of the year. And we really do appreciate having you on the show. All right. Yep. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I know I did. I also hope you'll keep tuning in for more insight, discussion, and maybe a few laughs. And if you'd like to join us on the program and tell us about your harvest, just send us a message by connecting with us on social media. The Harvest Trail Podcast is a production of Agricultural Dealers United and brought to you by some of the best dealers in the business. You can find previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform or at theharvesttrailpodcast.com. The show's produced by Rich Williams, and I'm your host, Jeff Michaels. Until next time, may your bins overflow 
and the fuel bills stay reasonable. May the bean dust stay on the outside of the cab, and the stalks stay out of the tires, and may someone else have to blow out the radiator. Have a great, safe, enjoyable, and bountiful harvest. From all of your friends right here at the Harvest Trail Podcast. <laughs>